I mean, everything throughout my day goes back to workout. I just feel better at work. I feel accomplished throughout the whole day. What I, but what really resonates about that statement is how it can mean so many different things to so many different people. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I, I, I don't like a one-size-fits-all approach for everybody. And so I think what I've always found interesting about the concept is that building better people, it's, it can affect people in so many different ways. Hey, everybody. It's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. So my name is Andrew Loring. I'm 32 years old. I'm, a, I'm on faculty in the business school at A&M. I teach marketing and sales uh, and I... My family, my, my wife and I were both from Maine originally, and we have three kids, two five-year-old girls and another nine-month-old baby girl. Nice, man. How'd y'all end up coming from Maine? Yeah, so I, I get that question a lot. I, I, I usually, my go-to answer is that I, I got tired of shoveling snow and I wanted, I wanted to change. No, but uh, I, Maine, is, Maine is a lot like Texas. It's a lot like Texas in a sense that people love being from the state. You know, Texans are very, very proud of being from Texas. And just like people from Maine are very proud of, of being from Maine. And with that being said, there's, there's very little reason to leave. I mean, you can grow up in Maine, you can stay in Maine, you, you raise your family and it's a, it's a nice, comfortable lifestyle with very low crime or anything to worry about. But I knew that I... I didn't want that life. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to get out and at least say I got out. Uh, so I kind of wanted to go as far away as possible. And A&M and I just kind of collided at one time and it, everything else just worked out. Now you had no affiliation with A&M prior to this? Nor Texas. Wow. Yeah. And what, what, I mean, coming from Maine, like what were, other than the weather, obviously, but what were some of the biggest culture shocks or differences in being in A&M specifically from where you were? Well, so I, I, I think the biggest shocker for me was the geography of the Brazos Valley. I grew up um, spending a lot of time outdoors, hiking, biking. I mean, snowboarding, everything in the mountains. I had uh, bike trails, mountain bike trails in the backyard growing up. Uh, we went down to Acadia uh, National Park, all kinds of hiking trails, basically every other weekend growing up in the winter and in the summer. So moving down here and seeing that everything was flat and everything's that kind of khaki color was hugely disappointing. Uh, but more importantly was the people. I think the people were very, very similar. I mean, people in Maine are very friendly. Uh, they'll help you out whenever you need something, and it's very similar down in Texas. So there's there's this aspect of it it being very similar people people wise, but then kind of the geography and and working out and being active was a little bit different to acclimate to. How did you end up in the faculty department of the business school? So I I did my undergrad at the University of Maine uh, in marketing. And then I graduated with my degree in marketing and I, I went to work for Verizon Wireless and sales. And then so I worked for Verizon for a while and quit that. I realized it just wasn't for me and I went back to grad school. 
And then so when I finished grad school, that's when I moved to moved to Texas and got the job with AM. And then my my wife actually, she had another year of grad school at UMaine. That's another story. We we met we met playing sports in college. So we I I moved down to Texas and then a year later she came down after that. Oh wow. Okay. Very so what sport did you play? So I was a I was a javelin thrower in college. Nice. And she my wife played soccer. So that we met we actually met in the weight room uh, back at the University of Maine doing okay. our team workouts. That's a fantastic segue into talking about how you ended up in that weight room. So let does this go back earlier in your childhood? Were you like a multi sport athlete, did a lot of different stuff? Yeah, so I, I grew up playing football and in the spring I played baseball and I in middle school I got into track. Uh, and then in high school, I continued to play football and then I continued to do track and I really got into throwing javelin, uh, my freshman year of high school in Maine, they allow you to throw javelin in Texas. It's not a high school, high school sport. Uh, so I, I got into javelin, got really good at it, kept practicing. And then I went to college and threw javelin. So it was, it was kind of destiny. I like to say it was, it was fun. Yeah. It all worked out. It was I was a state champion high school wow. thrower. And then, so like, what's a, what's a competitive distance for that? Like, what, how far do you, did you throw it? Well, so Olympians, the world record is over 300 feet, so further than the distance of a football field. Wow. And it's, so it's crazy far. I, my PRs were up in the two, over 200, around 210 to 220 were my PRs. So, so nowhere man. near the Olymp, Olympic uh, distances. Well, how much of that is just brute strength and how much of that is technique yeah so so, great question so surprisingly it has very very little to do with strength and so in high school i got away with it all being strength i just had an incredible arm and i could just muscle it out there but then you can only really throw it about 180 feet with just brute muscle and the rest of it becomes all technique in fact if you ever watch javelin in the olympics you'll notice that all those olympic javelin throwers they only weigh about 160, 170 pounds. They're very lengthy, but it's all technique, a lot of mobility. And so that, that's what ended up really hurting me in the end was my lack of mobility. Did you progress in college? Did you feel like you got better? Uh, yes. So I, I, I did because in, in high school, again, I got away with just being able to muscle it, muscle it out there. But in college, it's when I really, I really had to go back to square one and learn the technique, which was incredibly difficult. Javelin is such a technique-driven movement all the way through, and very rarely do you actually put every single component of it together and have a really, really solid throw. So I, I had to learn from the ground up again, and I, I made a lot of progress, but unfortunately, um, my lack of mobility, I tore my UCL and my elbow my senior season. So it was, it was going into the outdoor season, which I was most looking forward to. I mean, it's kind of like the athletes right now who are not able to compete. Uh, and that was a big reason why I ended up going back to grad school after I went to work at Verizon because I had another year of eligibility. Wow. So did you go back and do really well? Uh, no. No. <laughs> so I, I tore my, after I tore my, uh, my UCL, I spent my senior season, my senior spring, rehabbing the injury uh, and then I'd really uh, to this day I've never fully come back from it thankfully I I can throw a football just fine I can throw a baseball fine but I can never throw a javelin again 
Oh man. So, <clears throat> did you stop working out or did you keep working out through college? Like what was your fitness kind of regimen getting through college as an athlete? So it was actually very easy in college as an athlete because in a similar fashion to the gym now, it was very consistent. I mean, we had our coach who was assigned to each team and we had a workout regimen and you showed up, you got your card back in the day and you'd, you'd do your workout, you'd write in what, what the, the weights were, or the rep scheme that you did, and then you'd turn it in and then every week, You'd be your workout would be evaluated, and you'd come in the next week, and it would be altered. It's very similar to personal training, so it was it made it very easy to execute. But what I think it created for me is the desire and the need for consistency. <clears throat> and did you feel like that came? Did you continue doing that post college or that senior season or that grad school time? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I continued it through grad school. Yeah, I spent a lot of time rehabbing, um, but I was kind of losing it mentally because I knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And in fact, when I was in grad school and I still had my eligibility, uh, throwing at the outdoor meets were awful. In fact, the last meet I ever competed in, which was our conference championships of my year in grad school, was the first time I never, I didn't make uh, the, the finals of the throwing first time ever in my entire career. So it was kind of a, I could see it coming. It was a progressive downhill all through grad school, but it was hard mentally. I think at the worst point was when I was a senior, it was my senior year. And then in grad school, it was just like, okay, I'm back. I'm doing this. I'm going to try to get back. But then I realized I couldn't. And it was, it was cool. Now with being an athlete, especially at the collegiate level, like, when you got done and you now are in kind of what you would call career mode, life mode, was it hard to work out to find anything that you were passionate about because you weren't training for something? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. Uh, it was, I'd love to, I have to think about an analogy. So it was very hard. What I did was when I graduated and I moved to Texas, I went kind of went back to my place that I always knew and that was, in my mind, I think about, okay, if I were in the gym, what workout would have been created for me? And I try to, in my head, recreate that in the moment at the rec center on campus. And so for a number of, for actually the first couple of years, five or so years at AM, that's kind of all I did. And I didn't, I never really progressed. And I was never really looking to progress. I was just following the consistent pattern that I had originally known in my head, which was whatever is written on the sheet. What year did so, you guys, or did you move down here? 2012. So you would just go to the rec center for, you know, and just try to repeat, re, redo or repeat workouts that you remembered from back in the day. 100%. That's, that's exactly what I, what I would do. And then, I, I mean, yeah, that was it. That was it. Well, what, and then I play basketball on the side. I, I've yeah. always loved playing basketball to kind of get the cardio. You in. never really had this like time off or period of sedentary life. No. So I, something that I was before this call, I was kind of thinking about a little bit. And you know, I've listened to other podcasts and the way that people kind of approach working out. For me, it's, it's less about a, a futuristic goal. So it's less about saying that I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle, or I want to be at this point. For me, it's a daily thing. It's working out is something that has always given me fuel for the day. 
it's given me clarity. It's given me the motivation. It's given me what I need to exist on a daily basis. And so when I don't work out on a given day, I kind of feel just like a lot of other people feel. I feel like wasted, you know, like I haven't, haven't, I haven't worked out. The, light, the day has not officially begun. And so uh, that's still the mentality that I have today, which is I work out because I need to. I, I, I need to on a daily basis, not for a futuristic goal. It's Yeah, no, I, I love that, uh, say, what you said, the need to exist. You know, like I think, you know, I tell, I, I express it like it's my pill, you know, like yeah, exactly. I, it's my daily pill that I have to take to uh, function in the way that I need to function. The same that somebody who would take antidepressants or anxiety or blood pressure, cholesterol, any pill that they have to take to function well, I have to work out to function well. Yep, that's, so, just, that's what it is. So when did you start at our gym? Like, how, What was that transition like, going from the rec center to CrossFit? So, yeah, that's a good question. I... Going back to college, my wife, uh, when she finished playing soccer, she was kind of left with, she was, at grad, she was in grad school and no more soccer. So she actually started doing CrossFit back in, this would have been 2010, with a couple other people at the University of Maine. You know, just, it was, I think that was back in the early days, you know, when people were kind of doing it randomly and just people said, hey, let's put together some workouts. And I remember doing a couple of them with, with her back back in 2029 and 20 or 2009 and 2010. And I mean, they were all right, but I, it just, it wasn't for me cause I wasn't, it's not what I was used to. And so speed forward a number of years, it, I, I can't remember. It's probably three years ago now when Jordan Monroe was going to the gym and he, he got that free year membership. And oh, so yes. him and I were friends and he gifted that to me. And I'll never forget, I was in Maine, it was over Christmas, and he texted me, he's like, hey, I got this one-year one year membership to the gym, it's like, Would you, do you want it? And I was like, CrossFit? I was like, I don't know, man, I, you know, I'm kind of, I work out at the rec, and I'm playing basketball and all this stuff, and he was like, oh, you should just come, whatever, check it out. And so I, I checked it out, I mean, I came, and I, eventually I fell in love with it, I was, you know. Yeah, and I, now I totally remember that, because he got it at the Grub Burger Christmas party, and I remember that, you know, you joined, and I remember the next year, you and I were talking about, because that was when your year membership was up, and you had said, we're, you're going to keep going. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so give me a little bit of insight into that first, we'll call it three months, right? So, like, yeah. you did a little bit of it back in Maine, but now yeah. you're kind of immersed into it. Yeah, so, okay. A couple of the initial thoughts that I had. First, uh, when I first got to the gym, I realized that it's, it was a lot harder than I had remembered. And I don't know, that, that was probably because the workouts that I had been doing in my head at the rec center, I just had not been pushing myself as, as hard or as far as I could have. So at the beginning, it was very hard. In fact, we, did the, we had the open in the spring, I think that, that first year that I joined. Yep. And I mean, I remember doing it and I had a good time. It was, but it was so hard. I mean, it was, it was kind of eye-opening the difference that it really was compared to what I was used to. I mean, the movements were all new, relatively speaking, at least the gymnastics movements. I was used to a lot of the Olympic lifting, but 
it was, it took a lot of getting used to. And so the other funny thing about it was when I started in that January a couple of years ago, it was actually the same January that the rec center at A&M had expanded. They had opened their expansion. And so I, I tell people this, that it was the day that it opened was the day that I did the first CrossFit class and I never went back to the rec. I never stepped foot in the new gym. I was like, it was something that we were waiting for for years because it was all work in progress when I had been working out. But so, was, tell me, yeah, from 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 your lens, what is the difference between CrossFit gym and we'll call the rec would be like other right, like generic gym? Yeah, I. I think the benefit for me at least for CrossFit is knowing that there's a workout that I can get done in an hour every single time that I go. When I went to the rack, you know, I was fighting. So the, the mentality that I had was I, I'm trying to get this workout in, but if I had a, a workout in my mind, again, I go back to consistency. I love consistency. And so if I, if I knew that I wanted to do this machine and it was taken at the rack, then instantly I wouldn't know what to do. So one of two things would happen. And the first one would happen more often is that I just quit and I'd leave. I'd say, okay, this isn't done. It's going to throw off the entire routine. I have to do this before I do the next thing. So I'd, I'd leave the rack or alternatively, I'd try to in the moment think, well, I'll just kind of hop over here and I'll do something else for a few minutes and see if it's open again. And the workouts just, they just went downhill. I was, I was really, I wasn't getting what I really wanted out of the gym at all. I wasn't feeling like I feel now when I finish a workout. And then so that's, that's really one of the big differences for me is knowing that it's consistency. It's, it's giving, being given a pattern for what I can accomplish in an hour. Yeah, I, that it's, yeah. I, I mean, I take the class too, and um, structure is the way I look at it. I appreciate structure. And so even as the owner of the gym, you know, I like the class better than I like working out on my own <laughs> mm -hmm. because the class provides the structure that I need to get my workout in an hour like you. And so yeah. uh, I agree entirely. So over the last three years, give me some kind of, I guess, some cool progress, benchmarks, accomplishments that you've had in, in the gym. Yeah. So I, I think a couple of them, I mean, I've had, I have a memorable moment in one of the opens. I don't think it was this past one, but maybe a year ago. Um, it was really neat. I, I did it kind of on on Friday at an open gym, so it wasn't it wasn't at Friday Night Lights. I don't I don't recall, or maybe it was Monday, Monday the day after the weekend or whatever before you had to report your scores. I had a I had a really good performance, and a couple people were there really cheering me on. And that was that was really good. But the other, I think, the most memorable time was when it was myself and a couple other people when we were doing the CrossFit total. And it was, it was cool because it was kind of a throwback to what I was used to, you know, those heavy Olympic lifts, the deadlift and the bench press and the back squat. I kind of, it was like a homage to what I was used to, you know, the, but so those were, those were memorable moments. Would you say you've gotten more fit in the last three years since you started as opposed to what you were doing before? I think, so. oh yeah. I mean, from what I was doing at the rec, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, I go back to, the, I don't, I've never, I've never been one to 
set kind of physical fitness goals like that. Again, like, like you said, it's my, it's my pill. Mm-hmm. It's my pill. And I, I've just never really bought into diets. I don't know if that's terrible to say, but I, to me, it's, it's my rejuvenation on a daily basis. And that's, well, and if I'm honest, Andrew, I think that is going to forever keep you in a healthy perspective. Um, because I think when we put so much emphasis on the other part of that is when we lose perspective and insight into the true value of fitness, right? Like I've, I've said this in the last week, a couple times in some of my videos or even in my emails is like, we need to keep perspective in these workouts because it's not about lifting a ton of weight or it's mm-hmm. not about, you know, uh, hitting a certain time on a workout. Really, it's about checking the box. <laughs> and, yeah. and really, it's, you know, these types of workouts that we're doing at our house, doesn't mean, they're not, doesn't mean they're not great. But when you have that perspective of like, hey, I can go in my garage and I can check the box and spend an hour with my daughter or, you know, just get my workout in and then walk right into my kitchen and eat breakfast with my family. <laughs> you know, like, it's really cool because you're not in there saying, oh, I'm, I'm regressing. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, go ahead. There's, so there's, uh, there's two things that come to my mind. I mean, that in, in regards to that, and one is that I learned, it took me a while. So when I first started, I was, I, I assume like a lot of people and I tried to do every workout RX and you know, a lot of them I couldn't do. I mean, it'd be, I literally couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't do that weight or whatever. And it took me a while to realize that I really need to focus on me and my capabilities and then improving from there. And again, I, I go back to what I was used to. And that was, I was given this sheet that told me what to do and I wrote the weights on it. And then next time, you know, the coach would say that, okay, you did this weight and you'd add 5% to it. So that's the way that I always used uh Wattify or Zen planner is, you know, you put your weights in and then in my mind, I'm like, okay, how can I go up by 5%? That'd be my, that's what I do now is my, my improvement. So I, you asked, you know, where have I gone? And it's like, yes, I'm definitely seeing improvements. I'm on that trajectory. I'm moving up, but that's just been kind of baked into my mind doing it that way. I do it on a regular basis, but it was also that, that mind shift that it's okay to not do it RX if you can't do it that way. And that was, uh, it took me a while to get to that point where I was comfortable because you're looking around at people who are doing it RX and it's like, man, I, I should be doing that. I could be doing that. But it's like, eh, you know, I'm starting to get older. I, I need to be more careful. I don't really care that if I can lift up more weight than anybody else, I care about that daily, the daily feeling that I'm getting. And if I get hurt, then I can't get the daily feeling. And that's kind of what it's all about. So I've, I, I haven't scaled back, but I've been more conscious about not getting hurt, not pushing myself to the brink. There's a, I think there's a life cycle of a CrossFitter and in terms of not to say that there's an end to it, but there's a life cycle in the sense of like, you go through this period of time where you, all you want to do is get better, get better, get better, get stronger, get better, get better, get stronger. RX, 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 you know, PR, 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 PR. And then you go through this, this transitional phase, which I believe you know, when you've been doing it longer, you, you reach that moment and it depends for a lot of people, you know, it depends on your age. It depends on what your life circumstances are. You know, do you have children? Do you have a job? Do you have 
a, a spouse, you know, because at the end of the day, nobody wants to hobble home and tell their wife or not be able to pick up your daughter because you hurt yourself yeah. and, or not be able to go to, you know, do a, a normal activity at work. Right. And, you know, face coworkers or, you know, peers, colleagues and say, Oh yeah, I was working out and I hurt myself. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and yeah. so, but, but in that moment, it's, it, it really forces you to ask yourself a really good question as to like, what am I doing? You know, why did I put on that extra 20 pounds on that barbell? And was that really necessary to accomplish the box that I need to check yeah. that morning? Um, so tell me about this current, um, you know, we're obviously in the COVID-19 situation, which is why we're doing this via Zoom. What is it, uh, how has, specifically for fitness, how has this impacted uh, your current fitness, positively, negatively, or not at all? Yeah, so I, I, good question. I mean, with the coronavirus and everything, the first thing that comes to my mind is everybody has to be flexible. I mean, including myself. I, these, you can't get mad at someone for not being able to work out. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, this nothing you can do. So you've got to, you've got to kind of make do with what you have. I going into it. I, you think about body weight stuff and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, okay, I'm going to be doing a lot of push-ups, a lot of squats. This is going to get old. But then, you know, this week was the first full week of everything, all these workouts being online. And I was really surprised. In fact, on, on Monday and Tuesday, they were both killer workouts. And my quads and hamstrings were like on fire come Wednesday. I mean, I, I was, I had the Theragun out. I mean, I was going to town on my legs. And so I really, at that point, I'm like, shoot, you know, having a couple dumbbells and doing these workouts, it's just like being at the gym. And then, I mean, come, what was it, yesterday with the run, I mean, the run was a very nice change of pace, just like a regular week at the gym. So I, I've been, I've still been getting the same quality workout than I've been when I've come to the gym at home, which has been really nice. And for me, again, it's about that structure and consistency. So I get up the same time. I mean, I don't, I don't ever set an alarm. I just wake up. My body knows it's time to work out and I do it, I get it done, and then I'm, I'm ready to start my day. So I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. Keeping the same consistency. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the thought that people have when it comes to body weight workouts is that we're going to do 10 rounds of five pushups, 10 squats, 15 sit-ups on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we're going to do five rounds of 20 burpees and 200 meter run. And then on Wednesday, we're going to do five rounds of 20 pushups, 30 sit-ups, 50, you know, it's like, but the variety, I think that's the cool part of fitness with the dumbbells, if you have them, or even if you don't, you know, like that Monday workout, which was the run, handstand hold, uh, air squat, like, oh my goodness, that was an awesome workout. You know, yeah. the sit-ups, the jumping sit-ups, you know, in the middle of it and, and going back down or up the ladder. And I think sometimes if people just understand that, hey, you can make you know, do with what you have. Of course, we all can't wait to get back to the class with the equipment and the environment and the community. But this is just showing us that, hey, we can do with what we have. Um, yeah. You've been in the 6 a.m. Facebook Live every day. And so, you know, somebody listening to this may currently have not opted in live or maybe is trying to figure out, you know, they're still, this is still very, you know, we're here on Friday. 
Yeah. The, the really the end of the first week, right, of this crisis that could potentially last for multiple weeks. Um, somebody's trying to find structure to their day. So you're talking about doing the 6 a.m. What can you say being on the 6 a.m. live, like how is, how is that uh, experience for you? And, and describe it in a way that maybe somebody who's like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get up early or I'm not going to um, – that's weird. What, what could you just say to that person? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I want to thank Robert. Robert uh, has been reaching out a couple times this week, and, you know, we've been, we've been chatting and bouncing ideas off each other about how to get people motivated and engaged. And one of the things that we were talking about was how, you know, when you, when you work out and you go to the gym, really all you have to do is get in the car. Once you're in the car and you're on the way to the gym, then – you're good. And so all you have to do is convince yourself, oh, I got to get dressed, whatever, get to the car. So how can you recreate that in this online virtual digital world? And that's what we were really kind of talking about. And for me, at least, it's the Facebook Live. It's, to me, it's, that's the accountability is that every, every single time when we've started, you've, said, you've asked, you know, well, who's on, who's on, who's joining us this morning? And that's, that's the equivalent to me of getting in the car. I'm showing up. If I, if I wasn't doing that it, and you weren't physically asking us who's in the class those questions, then it'd be way too easy to just skip the warm-up, really half-ass the workout, and then skip the cool-down and just quit. I think that for me, the best recommendation that I would give everybody is to find your virtual getting in the car, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. I mean, if, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be different for everybody, but you got to do it you got to find that thing. That's perfect, man. I love that because uh, for another guy I interviewed a while ago, a friend of mine, Will, he said grabbing his gym bag, it's kind of like the cue for the habit. And basically it was like always when he knew he grabbed his gym bag and put it in the car, he was going to go work out. And if he didn't grab his gym bag, so it's, you know, it wasn't going to happen. And so the same for you, it's like getting in the car. Well, right now you don't have that luxury. And so the accountability is key. What, what hit, can you speak specifically to um, nutrition? I mean, I know you kind of talked about um, not putting a huge emphasis on that, but like overall, what's your approach to it? How is it currently going with this current situation? I mean, is it the same? Is it harder? Yeah, so I, I don't know if this is irony or not, but ironically, this past week, I've, I've actually lost a couple pounds which is something that surprises me. I figured I'd be at home, I'd be eating more, but I, I haven't for some reason. So my, my nutrition overall, I mean, over the past decade, 15 years, really hasn't been, I, I've never really overindulged. I've been pretty healthy for the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love red meat and I love bacon, but I've always tried to be very conscious because it was, to me, it was always this, Again, going back to the pill, I take this workout pill in the morning, and then if I eat junk during the day, it, it takes me back to that point that I feel like I never even worked out. And so it was that, it was that balance. It's like I love the feeling post-workout, and it's eliminated by eating poorly. Yeah. So that mindset has always kind of helped me. I mean, and, and so honestly, it's, it's when I stop working out for whatever reason, if we're on vacation or if I'm on a work trip, that just things go haywire because the consistency and the structure are void. There's, they're, they're not there. And so I'll eat worse and I'm not working out. And it's just this kind of downward spiral. 
So I like to think that working out is the backbone that I really need in my life to be who I am. Well, that's a great kind of segue, I think, to the last question, which if you've heard a podcast or two, then you know I ask everybody this question. Um, the, the title of the podcast is Building Better People, you know, going to kind of the conversation that we had, that pill, that, you know, feeling of completeness. Uh, I believe that when you exercise, you become a better version of yourself. That's where that statement comes from. And so, one, what it, how is that true for you? Um, tangibly tactically on a daily basis and then two when you see those three words building better people kind of what does that mean to you and how do you process that yeah so it's a good question i i start all my day i mean that's why i love working out in the morning because that's my that's my checkbox i feel great i feel great for the rest of the day it's what gives me the energy to keep going and do everything that i do i mean everything throughout my day goes back to workout i just feel better at work I feel accomplished throughout the whole day. What I, but what really resonates about that statement is how it can mean so many different things to so many different people. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I, I, I don't like a one size fits all approach for everybody. And so I think what I've always found interesting about the concept is that building better people, it's, it can affect people in so many different ways. And it's been really kind of powerful for me hearing about how it affects people in those different ways, in all different aspects of their life. That's what is so unique about us, is the differences. Where I crave structure, I view it as a pill, someone else are completely different. And that's where, that's where I kind of get the, the invigoration of, of moving forward. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.